this is Gary Horde, and this is the NWA, a podcast celebrating the history, legacy, tradition, the past, the present, the future of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time. We're talking about that National Wrestling Alliance. And I have, I think, a permanent co-host now. You think? Yeah, I Am know. Am I fired already? No, 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 no. That that voice is Adam Rotella. Adam, today is a special day for us. This is like top of the mountain, our mountaintop, you might say. <laughs> we are joined by the VP of the NWA, Mr. David Lagana. Hello there. Yeah, Rotella. Oh. As I've joked about Rotella, we can't get rid of him, so he's he's the best Rotella we have. That's that that's very true. I think Dave still has the first email that I ever sent him that was, I believe, three pages long. I got right to the point in that email. Yes, and I also somehow your your first video you made showed up too, so we'll blackmail you with that as well. So <laughs> great. Is that the uh, Billy Corbin video? <laughs> uh, I mean, we all we all. I mean, it's all right. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, I guess it's worth saying. I mean, this is out of everything you've created, this might be the greatest thing, David, because this interview with Adam Rotella, of course. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say it's worth putting out there. I suppose that we had talked about doing an interview and you just threw it out there that if it was Rotella and I, you'd do it. And so Rotella and I have become fast friends. We didn't even realize we would, but we just started talking. And now now we talk daily you build a friendship well, well considering that one time that Rotel and i had beers at the uh where was that the uh, whatever hotel was staying at the woman thought he was a male escort and that i was picking him up so i mean it was <laughs> very weird it was just the it was the hawaiian shirt because nobody would wear that so he's got the the porn stash you and royce isaacs have the same mustache it's pretty good so. yeah jo- josephus has told me on many occasions to to shave it i think he's just trying to get in my head and uh it's Starting to work a little bit, Josephus. Now it's kind of your uh, calling card. It is. So. It's branding, my friends. Branding. So, so now that we've officially ruined the beginning of this, where do we start? <laughs> oh, hey, this is what the people want, Dave. They they want to hear bullshit about our our whole history here. So here, I'll, t- I'll first since it's an interview, let's start off with a softball question. What did you guys buy? A lot of work. That's what I bought. I I ribbed myself and I could have been like everybody else in the wrestling business and just find somebody with money and then waste it. But no, I've been very, uh, as Mr. Rotella will tell you, very frugal with Billy's money and to make sure that we got to this place. And we've the attention we've gotten in the last nine days is 10 to 20 times the amount of attention we've gotten ever since we took it over. So it's been kind of crazy. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, even for us, I think, just on social media and everywhere, just seeing the explosion of something that, you know, pat ourselves on the back here that we already loved anyway, but seeing the whole world love it. And and amazingly, I, I don't know, it, maybe you see it more than us, but very, very little negativity at all. Like there's there's nothing. It's all positive. People are happy. Well, and I think the show is genetically engineered for exactly that. There's no excuses. There's no excuses for the talent. There's no excuses for Billy and I. There's no excuses for the audience. It's it's literally as raw as it gets. You know, if you don't like somebody, you'll just say it, you know, like, OK, I didn't like his promo or this or that. There's no there's no excuses with it. And this is my 19th year of doing this consistently I, for, for basically 19 straight years. I've pulled a check from pro wrestling. 
I think people would say I've been stealing it for 17, but hey, you know, I'll let them make their jokes. But there's been nothing like this that I've done that really kind of connected with people. There's little things here or there, but a lot of this is stuff that Billy and I wanted to do for on and off for 10 years. And, you know, it, it's the kind of like, OK, get out of our way. We'll show it. Billy's put his money where his mouth is. I guess that's the reason. His check's not writing the. Uh, He's not writing checks to his ass, can't cash, whatever the whatever the bad analogy is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he you know he put his money up, and first of all, you know, I, Gary, I know you came to the show. Uh, you know, all those fans who paid very good money to come to a show that they knew you guys didn't know what you're buying, and that was real faith. And you know, for for those fans, they all got an email letting them know something special. You know, they're gonna have first access. I'll say it. I don't care. Anyone that basically bought tickets to the first shows are getting first access to the tickets in December. And that's just the way it is, because you guys believed in us when when nobody else did. And, and you know, you guys would be rewarded. Now, 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 Dave, when you say that the, these people came to a show and they didn't really know what they were expecting, I think that what they were expecting was the vibe that the NWA has. Can you can you take a few minutes? Like, what did you? How did you and uh, Mr. Corgan come up with this vibe? What is the vibe? Is there like a certain thing that you guys describe the uh, NWA as? No, I think it's just. I think it's evolved. You know, a year ago, you know, Adam, you came to NWA seventy. Gary, did you come to NWA seventy? I don't. I was not at NWA seventy. So, so NWA seventy was great. And there were a lot of things that we walked away from. You know, Billy put out a post that he was not happy with production, and it would never happen again. And it was the first show that I've ever run on my own. But the fans, you know, Adam, you were there. It was like this weird, you know, it was kind of like surfing off the back of All In. And, you know, to get 1,400 people, it's the, it was the largest gate at that building. And that building's seen a lot of wrestling for many years. And it was the largest gate. We had 1,400 people in there. Multiple different companies that all with backed by billionaires didn't draw as well as we did for over a year before and after. Not only just in people, but in money. And we, I, I think we knew something then because it was our first show. We had been a YouTube show. I mean, we still are technically. But that dirty word of a YouTube show, I think we've proven that the vibe is these platforms have a lot more power than people do. And, and mm. you, know, you guys probably have seen, you know, before, I guess maybe since the press conference, I feel like the energy has been uh, stronger. But a couple talents have mentioned to me, like, I've never had this much engagement Ever. Like I put up a post that, hey, what'd you think of Trevor Murdoch? It has nearly a thousand likes. We have no social media agency behind us. These are all organic likes. I've heard a lot of interesting stories in the last couple of weeks about, you know, what people do to fake their metrics. There's there's the only thing that gets faked in this world is go ahead, we're telling I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so no, but like like well, this is all really organic and it's it's no secret I get up at five thirty every morning. Uh, my my good friend Monkey here, who I just fed so he didn't bother me during the interview wakes me up at four and I got kind of fall back asleep till five thirty, but I get up at five thirty and I just scroll through that hashtag and it's it's it doesn't end. And it's it's people that are finding the show on YouTube and commenting and and while yes we tried to encourage it a little bit with the pre show this week, it was before that. And it's a wrestling show, but it speaks to them in a way. So the vibe is the energy that you all created. If if those that came to Atlanta just sat on their hands and I've been to a lot of wrestling shows that fancied on their hands and you know, Gary, I, I think you mentioned it in, in part of the clip I, I, I put on the thing. We simply said, 
If you like something, make noise. If you don't like something, make whatever noise. If you want to heckle somebody, just be as respectful inside the process. And right. it was great. You know, there was a that's what she said that aired on the show yesterday. And um, we've tried to basically become a show that is enjoyable on many levels. And there is there's a lot going on in that show that isn't even pointed out. Like there was a great moment that got caught with Cabana and, and Ken Anderson yesterday. So uh, as, as if I don't do enough, I, I'm doing the post on all the shows. And originally when the promo ended, we were going to just cut right to the graphic. But there's this moment where after Cabana says his name a third time, he walks by one of the cameras and you just see Ken Anderson's face. And it was like such a nice little moment. And it was it was mm-hmm. fun. And it was like we find this stuff. So the vibe is in what we find. And Billy, you know, Ari Dalton A-R-Y, not R-E Dalton, which was pretty good. Uh, R-E Dalton really, really did a good job documenting it. And, and he's a he's a friend of mine from my my first job post TNA when I did a I don't think I've ever I've ever told the story. So I worked for Paul Heyman right after I left Impact. I did two projects. I worked for uh, Ringling Brothers. I made some videos. You can find them on my my own personal YouTube channel. I was hired to do some guerrilla viral marketing for Ringling Brothers. Very documentary, very early 10 pounds of gold. It was actually even before 30 days, uh, which I know Adam has watched. You know, it was the first videos I produced and first thing I got paid post TNA to do. And and Ari was was a camera guy on one of them. Smart guy. Like he really was. He got a he got the vibe of the pre of the pre show. And just, you know, there's another 10 pounds that he's working on that is day two. And you'll see our reaction to your reaction of the show of those who were there. And, you know, I think we we don't produce any of that. I just told the guys there's a camera around. Just act naturally. If it, if, it, if it breaks anything that I don't want to use, I don't use it. So I think the vibe, the long answer to Adam Rotello's question, the vibe is all what we create. And there's, there's no genetic engineering of the vibe. It is we go with what it is. Like, for example, there's a moment in day two with Aaron Stevens and a masked character that completely changed the chemistry of what we were intending. And the guys went with it. and We just went with it. So it's really unique environment. And the vibe is whatever it's it's the room we're in and we made it cool there there was something really awesome about that exact moment i, I know we can't get too deep into it now because i promise no spoilers here but i mean i saw his face light up like as they walked out like i i it was just even cool for us in the audience we we talked about it for forever after just like oh man did you see how he just turned this moment like he just mm-hmm. made something it was it was really neat to even see the process i think yeah, no, it was uh, – I was, as you saw in, in some of the doc, I was in the control room, which was about as far away from the soundstage as possible. Uh, it was about a, a three-minute walk, which to anyone who's ever met me, that is a long way uh, for me to go. But it's weird because I had full audio and it was just this crazy moment. And I think the shows are – you know, as we're putting them together, we're finding little moments. Okay, this doesn't work. You know, I, I reordered – the show that aired last night, or I guess, or, or Tuesday, whenever this aired, um, the, the way that it aired was not how it was intended to air. And in, in post, we found a better through line with the all this interview with uh, Camille that originally wasn't supposed to end. And it felt it felt like the story demanded it. And I think we're finding these moments as we go. And I think that's really the, the uniqueness is because it, it's always sort of been and I've done a lot of live television. and I've done a lot of taped television. And, you know, oh, and there's spoilers. Well, either you're cool with it or not, but there's this weird communal experience that's happening with this show, unlike anything ever seen. And maybe it's because it's on YouTube. It's like this weird, it's this weird culture where people are enjoying it when they want. 
Well, you've, you've got plenty of stuff. I mean, the show is put together in such an amazing way that, I mean, I, I was there. I sat through all of it, and I'm still surprised. My wife and I are both sitting there. My wife, honestly, she doesn't watch a ton of wrestling. She just really doesn't. And she is still enthralled with this. If it's the commercials or just the way things look, it feels different just seeing it on the screen. And I got to say, Dave, like this is – so perfectly paced. It's only an hour, and I feel like I get more out of it than I get out of any other wrestling show. And that's not, I mean, as much as people want to like toss this to nostalgia or something, when I talked to Aldous after our interview, he was like, you got to go watch old studio wrestling shows and, and, you know, kind of get that energy, you know, bring it into the studio with you when you come. And, and I was watching those and man, it's a slog sometimes on some of that yeah. stuff. That That's not what this show is. Well, I, I'm a child of the eighties. You know, we have a lot of really interesting stuff on the horizon. I just, I just stopped something from happening tomorrow that I can't tell you, which I know is terrible to say that. I yeah, we need first, scoops, Dave. Sorry. Uh, scoops with a Z. Uh, <laughs> my uh, monkeys, if you, if you, if you get it on monkeys Tinder, uh, he'll, he'll, uh, He'll swipe right and give you all the scoops. Yes, my cat has a tender. Um, yeah, this is going to get awkward quick. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> well, your cats have tried to match with him. And <laughs> he knows. I don't. I mean, I know they're both boys. It's just you know, it's it's all it's it's twenty it's twenty nineteen. It's all good. Uh, That's right. There, there's just. I grew up on. I grew up in the eighties. You know, I'm a, I was born prior to the eighties, but I grew up on the six oh five show. And by the way, it wasn't great. But you have to understand, in 1985, you didn't have a lot of choices for entertainment. A lot of people didn't have cable. You know, I would, I think the, trying to remember, like when I got cable, I remember I saw a stat years later that was only like 40 million homes had cable. And there's, I think there's 200 million homes in the U.S., don't quote me. So if you had cable, you had an expanded universe, but there wasn't a lot on cable. Cable really didn't kick into being this juggernaut of original content till the 2000s. And I think people forget about that when they talk about the Monday Night Wars and why it was so successful. It was because there was not a lot of original, high-quality stuff. Like, you had your um, TNT would produce movies and stuff, but the the explosion of content came in the uh, 2000s with, like, The Wire and The Shield and a lot of shows with The in it. So for me, like growing up with cable, it was just it, just the fact that I could see wrestling that, wait, this is coming from Atlanta. Great. I'll watch this. So, you know, for me, it was always kind of a, a nice place to go to as a as a as a fan. And now to be able to recreate it and, you know, to have the letters and to have the, the flags and to have it really all kind of fit together, I think is great. There's something like pardon the, the word here, but it's raw. Like about the way the whole thing plays off. And it's, I, I don't know, I was talking to a buddy the other day that was like, yeah, that last Aldous uh, Camille interview, like it just seemed a little weird. Like it's just not the way it normally is. I was like, the whole thing is kind of awkward. I was like, that's kind of the point. Like it's, it's, it's so different than anything else on television. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, even, even going back to the, the, the spoiler thing, Dave, I don't think a lot of people, you know, we, we, we want to watch the story. That's what makes it so different right now. We, we don't need to see the big move or the big this or the big that. We want to see the whole encompassing thing. And I think that's what makes this show so interesting to so many fans right now. Yeah, the, um, the interview, it's, there's a lot going on there. And it's on a meta level that I refuse to break down. You know, there's a lot going on with this clickbait story that's it's not a surface level story. And I think it reflects culture 
and you know what Joe's doing, what's really going on with Camille, what's going on with all this, you know, what's the relationship, and it, it twists in a way that I don't think people understand. And like, why isn't she talking? Obviously, she can't talk. It, it, it's happened on the show. You know, you, we saw her argue with all this, so you know she has a tongue, and you know she can speak. This happened. Gary, you're cracked up. People heard her. She's not a mute. But why isn't she talking? It's really, um, it's one of the more fascinating Easter egg mysteries. And people are intrigued by it. Like that interview, I think, really kind of spelled to that. And I think it was really kind of interesting what happened. I, I was the guy that yelled out in the middle of the studio, uh, do your research, Joe. So I've been like trying <laughs> to press that. And I did a poll the other day. And it ended up like pretty even uh, just through the uh this is the NWA podcast Twitter. And even after this second episode, at a certain point, you're kind of like, Joe, you're kind of just pushing the issue. You're, you're kind of being a dick. Like, what, what are, yeah, I mean, it, does that does that guy actually have an Emmy Award? What you got? Joe. Yeah. Sorry, pronouns, Adam. Come on, pal. <laughs> yeah, uh, he does. And I love Joe Galley. Don't get me wrong. So that is that is not a knock Joe against is, you. Joe is Joe is born for this role. Joe's a newsman, but you're also seeing Joe's edge. And by right. the way, that interview, they knew the questions. There's that's what I'm saying is this whole thing is on a level that I don't think I've even seen before because I've written a bunch of stuff. I've written a lot of stuff, and this is far more fascinating because it's so genre shifting. As far as for talents, for fans, for the for the arguments of performance art, we've made it as real as can be, and it's it's operating on a meta level again. And if you, if you know what meta is, just um, there's a little box called Google that you can put these <laughs> things into and look them up. It's my favorite thing when somebody asks me a question. If it's Googleable, why are you asking me? Have you seen the site like Let Me Google That for you? Yeah, you it, it's just like it's it's actually my my biggest frustration at times. When I'm just like I'm going to be I'm, I I have a little edge, uh, you know I've I've a time or two uh, not not been snarky. It's just part of my charm. Billy calls it Jersey Dave. Uh, actually, no Jersey. You don't want to meet Jersey Dave. Jersey Dave is uh, when people uh, screw with us in a way that is unfair, and they meet Jersey Dave. But you're getting you're getting nice, Dave. You're getting Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, Dave, right now. Yeah, I also get silent, Dave. Sometimes I've noticed when I uh, like try to hit you up. Stop sliding my DMs. Rotel at least texts me. Who, by the way, is in my phone? What What are you in my phone as, Adam? Uh, I, I believe it's Adam fucking Rotella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't get the number, so okay, leave me out in the cold. I guess I'm the third wheel now. So yeah. anyway, no, the word that I see for this show. Like I saw it often enough that I've just adopted it as refreshing, and I think that's completely accurate for whatever AEW is doing, for whatever WWE is attempting to do, like everything going on in the wrestling world. Yeah, I want to call out any smaller companies because I feel like that's punching down sort of in the wrestling business. But it's just like everybody's been kind of doing – the show still somehow looks the same or feels pretty similar and this show is insanely different. And and I have to feel like not only for the fans that it's also – isn't it more fun for the wrestlers too, like the talent, everybody I've, involved? I've never seen a group of wrestlers happy at all in the same time, ever. Like they were all – the first night it was, it was like this high. And 
they were just because it was so like that cabana clip where this is exciting that was genuine like i've known cabana for 16 years and and he's a very hard person to i don't say please but you know he's been through it all and a lot of these wrestlers have been promised the moon and it's funny as i as as i people send me the negative stuff like some people don't a very small minute like I, I wish this show was done with the hot indie names this show is genetically engineered for every talent who's on it because it plays their skill sets. I implore you, anybody that's listening who, who, who disagrees with our talent decisions, send me a promo of somebody on the indie market who's killing it and selling tickets with a promo. Trust me, I look for it. Do you know what they sell? They're Patreons. You know what they do? They meticulously monetize their small base. Instead of growing their base, it's, it's why this show is not behind a paywall. Because everyone believes in this show. There's a reason it's resonating. It's not nostalgia. It's the overall, as Adam said earlier, vibe. And there is a really unique vibe because we want this to work. The business needs it to work. We've been trying for a very long time to do this exact show. I looked at sounds. I looked in Nashville at a place when Billy and I were still in the uh, Wicked Owl territory of TNA. In September of 2016, prior to our big meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Adam, which I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but I will tell you offline. But we, we looked at a place to do a studio wrestling show where they do um, the Kelly Pickler talk show. And, you know, we wanted to do this a long time. And I think the people that really believed in it. And, and again, there's nobody on this show that didn't buy into the concept before they showed up. It wasn't like we surprised everybody with it. I said, listen, this is what it is. I don't know if you're winning and losing. And if it, that's a big problem then don't come. This is about just, it's it's like this creative commune. And it's kind of how we've run the business. It's funny for, for those, and you two included, for those who've been with us the whole time, there's really not much different to the approach to this, except it's in a studio. But everything else is authentic and is the way we've existed from there. So Speaking about the vibe band, a lot of people feel like you need that entrance music. You need that big entrance ramp. Can you talk about being backstage when you actually told the talent for the first time, hey, guys, we're not using any entrance music for this? Eli talked about it on Busted Open. A lot of the guys were very concerned by it. And I think, again, the energy of the live audience really kind of spoke to why it works. The, the live audience became the entrance music. Like Ricky Starks walked out and it, he didn't get the Road Warrior pop, but he was new to a lot of you guys. You know, you'd seen the videos. But boy, after that promo... If you ain't on ain't on, on Ricky Starks, boy, you better you, the train has left the station because that guy has got. We've had that guy in our pocket for a year, and you know he's been patient. He was supposed to be a Crockett Cup, but he was at DDT in Japan. I said, then you're booked for the TV. He goes, when did I said, don't know. I said, hopefully you're in the states and we can do it. And in 90 seconds, he showed the world this talent that he has had for a very long time, and and he even said a line that this is what I needed, and it wasn't in the cards, but now it is, and. That guy has up, up, up potential, you know, and the, the, the guys all saw it and, you know, they don't like, OK, I'm going to and Billy said in the doc, you're going to walk out and for eight to 10 seconds. It could be awkward. Even Joe Galley used the term awkward. Awkward's good. The three of us are um, awkward. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I've well, spent nobody's wearing pants. So um, yeah. it's very even even monkeys not wearing pants. Um, I think people would want a monkey. By the way, when, when people ask me about my cat at the, at the show, it was very, very surreal. Uh, but anyway, 
literally the first note I had, like, I, and I did not take many notes, but I wrote, I want to know about Monkey. So I read, we just we just got into it, so we didn't even get to talk about Monkey too much. So don't yeah, worry, Monkey, Monkey is a celeb. Monkey's a, Monkey's a cat. I adopted him the day the Dynamite Kid passed. I I'd looked. We'll, we'll we'll go off into cat land for a second here. I mean, Adam Adam has a that's cat. more than allowed. Yes, I have cats. I have two cats. Yeah. So the NWA, we like cats. But uh, no, I, I the day that I had been looking uh, for a cat, and you know, I wanted a rescue, and you know, I saw I looked him up, and his name was Monkey, and I was like, well, that's a silly name. He looked, you know, so I went and met him the night before, and I woke up, and Dynamite Kid was one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Like, he was, like, the first talent. I was like, that guy really, like, it, I didn't understand what work rate was in, in 1985 or 86, but he just, he was different. So, when he passed, I was going to name the cat Dynamite, and um, decided not to. Decided to stick with Monkey, because there's that famous phrase of, uh, not my circus, not my monkey. And anytime anybody asks me about AEW, what I think they're doing right or wrong, what is doing, and I always say, not my circus, not my monkey. And I brought him home. And I literally did an interview with Wade Keller five minutes after I brought the cat home. I think I talk about it. And he's asking me all these questions about, well, what do you think AEW needs to do? I was like, I don't know what it is. And it's not my problem. It's not my circus, not my monkey. And then literally there's the cat monkey sitting there in my lap that I've just rescued going, what the hell, where, where am I? <laughs> uh, like, why is, why is Wade Keller talking to this human that has just adopted me? I don't think, the, I don't think monkey knew who Wade Keller was. I think Wade was upset about that fact. Shame on him. I can't wait for that clickbait headline. Dave I'll do it in the cat. press release. I learned how to do a press release last week. So it's, the, uh, it's the, coming the headline. Dave Lagana's cat doesn't know who Wade Keller is. Um, so, you know, I've had him since December 4th, I think. And, uh, it's hard because there's like some months I travel a lot. So he has some very good babysitters, some who have uh, their own kingdoms, some who uh, they have some who've gone on crusades and some who uh, don't say a lot. And if you can figure those three out, you understand who his babysitters are. Uh, so, no, he's uh, he's with me all the way. And, you know, he's he's taking a nap now. Thankfully, he was running around. So if we haven't lost if we haven't lost listeners by now, then we have really hardcore people <laughs> You know, the, the beauty part was, though, is like some of the best feedback that we got with like even the Aldous interview was that we got into personable territory. And so I think people appreciate that. You should appreciate that. It's the authentic era. So. Yeah, I mean, Gary got Aldous to talk about Taylor Swift getting in his DMs. David Lagana, who has entered your DMs? <laughs> Let's see. Look who my last DM is. <laughs> I've got a DM from Gary Horn. Yeah, uh, I know that guy. Santa Val. Oh, yeah. He's, he's awesome. I have two Santa Val shirts. I sat behind him. The, you can't miss that guy. Uh, let's see who else is in here. Brian Zane. If you've not watched Wrestling with Regret, it's one of my favorite uh, guilty pleasures. Uh, I have to skip over. Haley's in here. Oh, and she, my, my girlfriend is DMing David. <laughs> oh, no. What happened here? She, no, she, <laughs> she, took, um, she took my advice and watched the show and sent me her feedback. And she is... To Adam, as as I've spent time with you both, he is a very smart and intelligent woman, and I won't even I won't even make the rest of the joke. I think everyone else could. Uh, let's see who else we got. <laughs> um, who and what's else? she doing with me? <laughs> yes, got Garrett Kidney. I got Andrew Edwards, who he does a great uh, video vlog. There's a lot in here that I can't say who it is. Ooh, you know, speaking guy. of speaking, this is a good speaking of the name drop. Well, I mean, speaking of those those video vlogs, man, that was really cool of you to to feature Gary and I on on the beginning of that, but. That 
that wrestling, was it days with that Brexit joke about Camille? It was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> now, if you haven't, go watch uh, last night after the show because he live streamed the show. He, I didn't let him. Obviously, I didn't let anybody know what that pre-show was going to be. Which, by the way, our YouTube numbers were instantly better when I put that on the video. As so, people now who are watching it on demand are watching the pre-show as opposed to just the countdown clock. And and genuinely, I I, I read everything. It's funny. I'm, I'm scrolling through a thread right now of, of somebody that just wishes this show had a completely different roster. But like I read it all and I, I, I take it in. But the amount of reviews that have been done on YouTube and, and they're about like, I think, 15. And then like, but that guy did a watch along and the Joseph, like we put it on one night. I'm trying to think who was here. Uh, my friend Katie Carney, who did a vlog. She's actually very famous YouTube wise. She travels around the U.S. and lives in her car. She has like 250,000 subscribers, but I, I just started following her. Yeah, yeah she, she's uh, she did a great she did an all in vlog, which was great because one of my friends, Victoria, was live tweeting this vlog that she was watching. And I was following her because this girl that doesn't even like I've never seen her talk about wrestling. Is it all in? How did this happen? Who's this friend of hers? Who's this friend? And then she sees it's me and she flips out because I've been friends with this girl, Victoria, for 10 years. And it was just, again, a weird meta level connection. And so anyway, so we were watching the Wrestling Days guy. And he's very charismatic. He's very entertaining. He's very positive. And like when he couldn't say Josephus's name, <laughs> he goes, everybody's like, well, I'm into Joseph. And then he ends with power. Like he's literally a soundbite machine. And I wonder what, what Camille's thoughts are on Brexit. I mean, like, so being able to feature him and I know I put him on a lot. And I know I didn't put you guys on enough. And I've then, you know, I know Gary, I know that was the large portion of your DM wanting more screen time. I'm kidding. He didn't say yeah. that. Yeah, that was, um, that's what I messaged you about. No, we were, well, we can discuss what you messaged about in a moment, but you know, he was, but anyway, so I last night after the show, I went and watched because I wanted to see like his reaction. And it was to see the joy put on his face, just not even for the recognition, but like that somebody had watched him. And I think that is the real key and power to YouTube because we're heading into and we can get into a little content discussion here because, you know, often asked what when are you guys going to be on television? Well, YouTube is on television. I watch more YouTube. Kids watch more YouTube than anything and what is what it, youtube is democratic meaning it's all based on search queries it's based on content subscribers you you see more of certain co people's content when you watch more of certain people's content so so i i really believe in this platform a lot and i've said it in multiple interviews and i will i will say it here it's not an exclusive scoop but Jesus, i want to are you gonna give us anything uh, relax <laughs> Uh, but, but, uh, geez, Louise, uh, but no, like, why are we even talking? <laughs> God damn it. All right. I'm out of here. No, um, I want to keep some version of the show on YouTube forever. So, you know, the, the, the power is designed to be seasonal and a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? So just have to wait and see, you know, we shot nine episodes. I don't have to air all nine. Maybe we'll air seven. Maybe we'll air nine. Maybe we'll make a 10 out of it. Maybe there will be a whole 10 pounds of gold episode that we can do whatever we want in that platform. And as long as we communicate with our audience and the, the good part is the 605 time slot is um, is 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 for those who want to watch it live. And I thought and it could be kind of limiting. You know, our, we were flat with the first week, which I was very happy with because obviously there was a lot of hype around it on the live number. But then it's that those people that find it after, the platform makes that possible. So, for example, 605 Eastern. So for Adam Rotella, it's 505. 
you know, Adam might be working. So Adam will watch it when he gets home. And guess what? His experience is just the same. And it's really fascinating as opposed to television, which is like this weird. Uh, I don't know. I, have, I haven't had real television in five years. I have direct TV now, which is now AT&T now, just so I can watch wrestling. But everything else I, I consume either on YouTube or Hulu and we decide what we want. And I think people who who lean just, well, we have to have a TV deal. Well, you know, expensive. There's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. We had no network executives overseeing the show. We had no middle managers. We had no. And I worked in every form of television from from a little TV show called Friends to a bunch of TV shows nobody's ever heard of. And they all had this sort of process that the money demands. Once you take somebody's money, you then work for that money too. You have to answer to that money in the interest that the money gives. You know, it's not it's not a secret that there's a there's a whole world that's motivated by money out there. But when you can produce on your own, like you guys don't have any big financial backers of this podcast, correct? Not yet. So uh, I know Gary Vee is days away from investing. That's right. Very close. Twenty million dollars he's going to invest. Yeah. uh, Despite popular belief, he was one of the first things that Adam and I bonded on. I mean, besides NWA. Uh, we have, you know, Gary has been actually a very great resource to Billy and I. He even talked about this uh, on a, on a. He actually, it's weird that he did a meetup in New York, and I want to say it was like the summer of 2017. And uh, Giancarlo, who did all of Joey Janela's videos, and Joey Janela met up with him. And on this video, Gary talks about almost going to business with Billy and I. And he was going to him and uh, a few other people were going to help us in the TNA situation. Is the best way to describe it without breaking any sort of confidentiality and you know on september 11th of 2016 we met with gary and it was um it was it was such a positive meeting because uh, and you know the the impact he's had on my career just at a 30,000 feet in d-rock you know and and i've gotten closer with d-rock over than i have with gary i I talk to d-rock probably once a month i'll send him a video ask him what he thinks you know check this out like every time we go in i've been we've been into gary's office three times you know, he's always there. He shoots stuff. And apparently we're in an episode that I never even saw because we went in in November of this past year. I completely no one ever. I'm, I'm, I'm a little mad at you, Rotella. If you saw me, you didn't message me. I'm shocked. But, you know, his a lot of what he's preached is come true, that the phone is now the television. And we do like like just being on television, being that. Tell me the last television show you guys discovered by flipping around the channels because you had nothing else to do. Well, yeah, not not at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's even that the, the visual that comes to my mind, Dave, is just that bloody mat after the after the Aldous and Marty Skrull match. I was at work that night, but I wanted to watch that match even, even more because of that visual. And does it really matter when people watch as long as they're watching? I wanted to bring up that one thing I, I listened to your interview on the uh, Bruce Mitchell audio show and, and you guys talked about you had seen so much engagement just from mobile devices and that sort of thing like that's big that's that's a different thing we we literally had adam and i today a guy that we probably overly harassed but even nick aldis joined in that this is days later and he's saying does anybody know of a good nwa podcast because i'm listening i'm watching the nwa and and i'd like to be around some people that are into it or talk to some people and we're like do you know someone and uh it's just it's just kind of cool to like see that like even a day or two later, it still pops up. The, the traditional method is is not valid at all. Yeah, no, it's um. I'm trying to see. I guess the, I'm looking at our, our our analytics. I'm trying to pull up like the the, the doesn't on the and oh, shockingly on the phone it doesn't show 
how many people watched on the phone. Um, but it's, I think I listed it off. I think it was 20, 20, 20. So it was 20% mobile phones, 20% YouTube app on the TV, and then 20% on a desktop computer. And that's really fascinating, you know, and I think people, everyone wants a different experience. I talked to Dave Marquez, you know, he has kind of a wrestle house out in California. He goes, there were six of us watching it all on our devices. And everybody's was a little sound was a little different because of, of the way that streaming works. Everybody gets a really unique experience with it. And once we started to mess around with the live premieres, that was all sort of a test run to see how this would work. And, you know, some videos, some videos would do 150 live viewers. Some would do 250. I think the biggest launch or the biggest live premiere video we ever had after the Crockett Cup reveal did, I remember did like 600. I'm like, wow, we've made it. We had 600 people concurrently watching <laughs> the Crockett Cup of the show. Then when we announced TV, that one got to 1,100. So, so I knew we had something on the first show. I was like, Billy, it's 4.30 Central Time, and there are 900 people waiting to watch this show. This is really unique. And, you know, yesterday was the same. And, you know, I think, I think our number will fluctuate in the live number. It's, it's different. But I just pulled up so the, um, the video as of this moment. It's listing 140 on the front end, and it's got 170 on the back end. So YouTube, I don't know if you've ever messed with YouTube. I know Adam has. The, the front number is always sometimes different than the back number. So right now it's listing 140,000 views, but it's 170 on the back end. What's interesting is in the first hour, it looks like 30,000 people tuned in in the first hour. And then it, 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 there's a little bell curve. And I talk about the YouTube bump. We had, a, we had a very strong decline as far as how many viewers per hour on, on Tuesday. And today's been good. You know, we're averaging looks like about, no reason to hide it, you can look at it. There's about 5,000 views an hour. So, you know, as the number chugs along, we should cross 200,000 probably by the morning. Will it be as big as show one? Probably not. But I think over time, people will discover it. I think it's really interesting how people uh, digest content. And I think this has been a real experiment and I know some other wrestling shows have uh, done sort of television this way, but I don't feel like anybody's done it like this. Well, Dave, it's not just people haven't done it like this. It's now this is drawing the audience's attention, right? So how many people are actually diving deep into the 10 pounds of gold right now? Because that's where we can really get a bunch of fans. I feel like all of this attention and all of this great promotion that the NWA is getting right now, if those people are diving deep, man, we're going to have those fans forever. So I'll give you a stat. So we, we've, we've done very healthy merch sales since the first show. I, wanna, I won't give you dollar amounts, but our first day that we opened the eBay store because there was pent up demand, we did very well. I don't think we've beaten it yet, but maybe we have. But. The consistency of the orders, like last night we were getting an order every three to seven minutes. And I don't mind saying it because we have a very <laughs> loyal group of people that are buying stuff. And it's it's been across the board. It's been really good. 70 to, I gave Billy this number today, and I don't mind sharing it because I think it shows 70 to 75% of all the orders are new orders, meaning new people that that have never ordered for us prior to eight days ago. That's that beautiful. Is, yeah, it's it's really – like go, when you go through the hashtag, because I, I assume you guys – you know, because you've been our, our staunchest father. No one no one waves the flag. So, sorry, Gary. No one wa has waved it longer than, than Adam Rotella. 
right? I get it. Yeah, Adam Adam is the OG. Adam Adam stalked all this and I in a parking lot one time to the point where I had to tap Nick and go, you don't need to punch this guy, but you may want to. Did he did he ever read that book that I gave him? Well, I'm not his babysitter. Uh, <laughs> he reads whatever he wants to read. Um, how come I didn't get a book? I'm kidding. I, I don't read. I don't even know how to read. I never learned to read. Uh, Wayne's wrote for my Oscar clip, but. You know, like I know it. Yeah, I, I literally was talking about a commercial for your show earlier today to my wife and tried to explain that clip to her. It's just weird that you mentioned it. I'm sorry. By, by the way, I, I just made a commercial for YouTube and I cut your lovely face out of it. I'm sorry. Um, uh, that makes sense. Well, I just I, I figured people would rather see Camille than you. We can hard argue to argue. That, yeah, uh, hard later. But you know, you've all seen like you know Dawn and Jason Callie. Like there there was a there's a starch our staunch group of guys and women that have been strong supporters and Billy's music supporters have been great. You know, there's a, there's a group of women that come to every show now and they have fun and it's, it's really great how everyone has supported us. So when you see new faces and new names and like sending it, it's just, it's like a whole new world. You Dude, know, it's, it's, it's so exciting Dave, because I mean, our, our engagement, like you mentioned at the beginning is now exploding. It's like people want to talk about the NWA right now. And it's so much fun to be able to do that with people. It's been quite an approach. And it's funny because it's like, wow, where did this Nick Hollis come? He's been operating at this level, I would say, gosh, since uh, I think Nick turned the corner uh, like during the Aldous Crusade when we were in the UK. And that was a that was a hard trip on both of us. We both got really sick on that trip. We worked some show in Ireland or North Ireland. I don't really remember. The building was literally 42 degrees. And it was just like, where are we? Well, and it was like we both got really sick. But, you know, Nick went out and had he did like eight matches in 13 days. And he made all these guys. We really had a um, he really, really showed himself. And that, that that's one of my favorite videos we did. The, it's, I think it's the I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the number, but it was it basically was the one when the UK and he really set it a mission statement. And we were in this beautiful town of Exmouth in the United Kingdom. I said, just give me what you got. So give me what you're feeling. He's really hoarse because he's sick. But that's where he really kind of came into his own. And then it just sort of snowballed with, with China and then obviously all in. But he's been operating at a huge level. So people that were like, wow, on the first show promo, I'm like, he's been cutting great promos back to Cody, to Marty. And as people rediscover that, it's great because there's this, this it's like a club, you know, people that know, know, and people who don't, it's all there. And, and we've been documenting this journey since October 1st, 2017. You know, we're in these weird anniversaries where two years ago, you know, the first 10 pounds had dropped. And now we're almost NWA 70, I think, was, is coming up this weekend, you know, an anniversary. And October is a huge month for us. We could have done this TV earlier. And honestly, there was a, there was an option. I talked about it with, I think, Jason Solomonster, who's got another great podcast as well. I'm going to plug Listen it. Listen to it today. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. You know, understands YouTube. But I talked about originally the original dates offered to us was October 11th, 12th, and 13th. And 14th, we could add four days. But when, when the opportunity came to record in that really sweet spot of before WWE debuted on Fox and AEW debuted, you know, the fact that we were able to shoot our show, turn it in a week, which I'm still my, my body's still wondering how we did it. But this was all this was all to celebrate what we you know, every October we like to do something cool and to be able to deliver the show. And again, it's it's done really well. And, you know, we're up. You know, and I hate to be the numbers guy, but it's it's great. We're at 
hundred and we're going to cross 128,000 subscribers. A week ago, prior to the show, we were at 82,000. And there are 40,000 new people that discovered this show. It's really cool. that, And because I think it is, does offer something different. It's not just a nostalgia play, which is it's my favorite weird left-handed compliment. Oh, it's no. You, you guys, we talked about it before. The original studio shows, 70% of it was hot garbage. You would get maybe two really good promos. Because you know why? Because it was 8 o'clock in the morning. And the guys knew they had to wrestle at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning get on a plane, fly to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and do a double shot with Albuquerque and Vegas. But like for us, we wanted we wanted to create something that felt familiar to somebody to watch wrestling and every second matters. And I and I have my foot on the gas pedal and Billy's like just just make it move. Make that pace something that you can't be things. And you know, I've talked to multiple people who said I didn't even pick up my phone once. I was so enthralled by the energy of it. And it's just it's a fun show. And yesterday, last night's show was a lot more fun, you know, as far as there was a lot of fun in that show. It was a lot of there wasn't a lot of heat, as we always say in the old uh, wrestling. There wasn't a ton of heat. It was a lot of like Trevor Murdoch and, and Ricky Starks was was not a heated issue. Even Allison Kay and Ashley Vox, Cabana, like like there was a lot of friendliness, which I think is off putting to some fans because every week a guy gets run over by a car, hits him with a cinder block. Eventually, that that wears thin on you as a viewer because it's like I grew up on uh, soap operas. I, I watched As the World Turns and Guiding Light. Yes, I yes. And I worked on uh, I worked on as uh, no, what was it? Young and the Restless was my first internship out of college. Oh, and my God. Dave, Dave, I what am I? I'm sorry to cut in here, but I just have to say that I was sick one summer with my grandma and my ma, and I watched all of this stuff. And then one day, my first year of college, everybody had decided to watch a wrestling pay per view, and it was WWE, and Victor Newman showed up, and he was on the screen, and I was like, Oh my God, it's Victor Newman from the Young and the Restless! And I looked around the room, and every other guy was just staring at me, and I was like, But I don't know that. So it doesn't matter. Carry on. <laughs> yes. By the way, Victor Newman, when I was so this was like 96 or 97. I'm trying. No, it was 96 when I worked there. He was shooting a little movie called Titanic at the same time that he was shooting Young and the Restless. And and as being the intern, being the uh, the, the lowest man on the totem pole, I would deliver scripts. And, you know, he would keep be coming in, uh, having shot all night with Titanic and, you know, shooting his scenes for Young and the Restless. It was it was a great education for storytelling, but obviously, if you watch a lot of soap operas, okay, how many times can someone be nearly murdered before they move out of a town? You know, okay, there's a lot of stuff going on. Once. So, uh, I know Adam used to live in Vegas, so I understand. People regularly want to murder Adam. Trust me. You should see, you should see the number of people in my DMs who want to murder him. Um, it's mostly all of them, but uh, I'm kidding. Not so much. But no, it's I, that's what I really – I think the pacing of yesterday, because there wasn't any real heat – until the last segment and like the Dawson's there, there's a flow to it. And Billy, Billy creates his songs in very similar ways of vibes. That's why I think people are resonating because I'm not Cornette said, well, we didn't sell any of the pay-per-view matches like in commentary. I said, I don't need you to, they're going to buy or they're not, you know, we don't have to hard sell them. Our audience will either be into it or not because we'll market it to them in a way that it is familiar and doesn't feel like I'm literally going in your pocket and ripping money out of your wallet. I mean, Dave, if, if, if you guys made a Mama Storm action figure, that thing would sell off the shelves in a second, man. I mean, because the audience would love that. The audience would absolutely love it. I'd buy it. I Right now, at this moment, I want to own a golden tire iron. 
You want a Waffles and Tire Iron uh, t-shirt? Boy, do I. I want it now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see what I can do for you. That's the way to go. I I was going to say earlier, Dave, that you mentioned it being like a club. And if you know, you know, and that sort of thing. But, But one thing that's getting underplayed here, I think, is that what's really cool and different about the NWA audience is that it it is a club, but it's like a club that wants to expand. It Mm -hmm. wants people to be involved. It's different. Like everybody I've talked to that was at that taping or that is online, it's all been positive and like, come on, have you not seen this yet? Come join us. Come do this thing. And and that's a special thing that I don't think that everybody else has. Everybody else kind of gets in this exclusiveness aspect and the NWA is is you've developed an audience that really just wants people to love it too. Yeah, you know it's it's funny because as 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 now these takes somebody sent me a blog where somebody literally just said the opposite of everything we're doing and why it sucks. I was like, okay, they don't like it. By the way, get ten people to agree where they should have dinner. It's it's impossible. I I, I hate deciding where some just just tell me where we're going. There's a reason. There's a menu. Because you don't go to a place and they only serve one thing of food. Okay, I can figure it out. It's Indian, I'll figure it out. Just like I don't care. Just someone else pick. Because my life is full of hundreds of decisions. And I think what's why it resonates. It's a very easy show to watch. And I think there has become this movement of everybody's wrestling needs to be exactly the wrestling that the hive mind wants. If you don't like our show, cool, no problem. There's plenty that services your need. There is nothing. I say I say it in the Ari Dalton piece that hopefully will come out this week. There is nothing on television like this in wrestling. There's not. It's a lot of really great matches and 140 flips, dives. And I think that is it's a conscious choice. Why would I want to have that? Why would I want to compete for the same market? The people that are coming out of the woodwork either are the true lapsed fans because all you have to do is look at numbers of what people watch and are interested in. They didn't. They went somewhere. The people that used to watch the NWA or WCW or ECW or TNA when they moved off Spike, these people just stopped watching. And so we have we have one chance to get in front of them. And I think it's like the Coke and Pepsi taste challenge. Just try it. If you try it, you don't like it. No problem. All I ask is your time. That's all. And if 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 after a minute you don't like it, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Trust me. Plenty of like, well, you shouldn't have all this as the champion. Okay. Well, I look forward to your wrestling organization where you you make lots of conscious decisions and you put your money where your mouth is. A Twitter account is not a booking resume. And by the way, 90% of this job isn't booking. It's personality management. It's understanding. Like why – there's something that Billy and I do that allows these talents to feel comfortable to work in this environment. A lot of companies don't give them that option. There's a reason these people are working for us. And there's a reason fans are working it. And by the way, it's not there's no checklist. It's just a vibe. And I've tried. I worked in every company the last 19 years. I know where the pain point is for talents because I've dealt with it. I've had CM Punk call me and yell at me because he does not like something an agent did. Well, I'm not the agent, but I understood his point. And there's a lot of frustration because it doesn't need to be super hard. I think you just have to listen to your audience. And I listen to Adam Rotella all the time. His Instagram stories make me laugh. Because it's, you know, you do well, and I'll sometimes comment, and I know you when I watch, because you stalk who watches you. Um, <laughs> monkey, monkey watches sometimes, as he's sleeping right now, but it's that's the world we live in. And I think this meta meme culture world, like, there's a funny moment in the show where Eddie Kingston, a funny, you know, he dropped a uh, epitaph of, of 
you know, uh, he dropped a, an F-bomb. Well, we obviously bleeped it out. And then, you know, we, we put the clip up and say, what do you think he said? And it's my favorite thing. Wrong answers only. So it's like it's fun. Like this is, should be fun. This is our time. And by the way, Royce Isaacs just texted me and said, I just figured out how to use Dropbox. So it's pretty entertaining. Um, <laughs> Royce is, is my wife's favorite wrestler. Of course. Of did she course. Tell you to put the, wow. Did she tell you to put the Royce Isaac mask on again? <laughs> well dave i think i think that's one of the things too man like the nwa yeah it is a very serious organization but we're not taking ourselves that serious you guys let us have fun with it you guys let us make memes you actually encourage that kind of communication and no other company is letting us have that fun with it yeah well and it's it's been really unique i want fan, like there's this i'm reading this thing i'll read it a lot i've not really fully processed it this is talking about fans who basically the fans trading their objectivity a long time ago. The line they ran between fan and shill has disappeared. And it's really interesting to kind of see people, and it's why we've kind of have tried to incorporate you guys in because, and not that you guys are stars, but you're part of the you're part of the energy. And if you guys made no noise, those shows would not be the same. And it was really a, a concern. Like I think that's why the guys wanted music. They wanted all the bells and whistles, but at the core base. It's people having conversations. It's literally why these promos work. You guys are facing the talent. The talent is facing you, and you're having a discussion. Now, the talent at any time can walk up and tell you, please be quiet, and I think most of you would, except for Rotella. And I'm, I'm very respectful. Yes, I understand. You've gone to more championship wrestling from Hollywood shows than probably anybody that doesn't live within the uh, – <laughs> In, in Port Humini, which, by the way, Gary, you, you and your wife need to summer in Port Humini. Humini? <laughs> it's a lovely town. Uh, David Marquez almost sold me just on his personality alone that I was like, i got to go hang out with that guy. I will that get you then. a first-class bus ticket to Port Humini. Oh, perfect. Um, uh, it, it, Adam, is it is it easy to get to? It's not close to anything, right? It is not close to anything. No, it is. Uh, if if you if you drive up the coast, it's very beautiful, but you you got to go at least thirty miles to find anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's unique. There is a nice. Uh, this is for for anyone who jaunts out to Dave Marquez's Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. There's a beautiful um, snack bar across the street that actually has very good fish, and I, I recommend it highly. And if anybody actually goes, send me a picture and I will send you a free T-shirt if you go to the snack bar across from the championship wrestling from Hollywood. I know no one will do it. And Adam, you can't. I know you don't live there anymore. So, by the way, wrestling fan. I was a wrestling fan from 1985 until 2001. And by the way, still a fan. I enjoy what this performance, and I hate saying that because it's become this whole thing, but our job is to suspend disbelief. Instead of slapping people in the face with, no, you must believe that it's not real. We'd rather you suspend the disbelief and just really just just go with it. And I think that's really the, the magic of this. Because now when you watch, you have no idea. Why isn't Camille talking? Well, I know she can talk. I'll go back to that. So you know something's up, but like a good murder mystery, you you, you wonder what's going to happen. That's, that, that's one of the things that I really love about the NWA, Dave. Now, moving forward, are you guys going to be connecting all of these platforms together? Like are people's social media is going to be in storyline or or is that just up to the talent in general? I think we'll um, – well, they didn't have any social media in the 80s, so it would be hard to include it into the show. But and, and by the way, the show is not a time warp in the 80s. I've seen a lot of people say – Yeah, no, not, not at all. Well, it's and, – and by the way, it just looks like the environment. It's we fashioned it to like a pop up event. And this is, again, just one of the 
the idea is. And here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a scoop. Gary, you want a scoop? I'm ready. Let's have it. For the pay-per-view, we will have a different entranceway. Oh, my God. David, this this works out. I'm just going to go ahead and just throw this out there real quick. I, I wanted to ask you, what is the difference between you having a pay-per-view and the GPB studios compared to the television tapings? Because everybody has to go somewhere. So, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just – I got excited. That's what happens with NWA. The entrance will be different. Okay. There, there may or may not be music. We're going to incorporate more of the building into the entrance. So, you know, because we looked at it and there's a, it will feel more like a pay-per-view, but it will still have a lot of the vibe. Like the podium will be there. The set will be there. You know, the pay-per-view is called Into the Fire, which, you know, I think I mean, we haven't really talked about that song. Oh, oh I mean, we could talk all day about that song. Yeah, but, we would never shut up about it. <laughs> well, and, and what's really nice about the song, you know, we could have done what everybody else did and put our cold open out a day in advance I have I'm a big believer of don't don't let the air to the balloon, let it pop. And the first thing after that countdown clock ended was this song and the visceral reaction. And, and you know, Gary, you had heard it. it would, we played it at the show, but I don't think you realized what it was. Right. We didn't really kind of shine a huge light on it. Right. And right. So. So, you know, and after we played it, I was like, let's stop playing it. It doesn't match the vision of what it's going to how people will consume it. So I was like. Uh, we took it. I, well, I think we only played it for the first, maybe even the second show, uh, and then it'll be dropped in. But like watching people react, it was on point because it was like it's it feels like 80s, but here are stars of, of today. And then you know this. Then when they saw the room, it's like oh wow. But then here's Nick Aldis cutting a promo that could be in the 80s, but boy, there's nobody in the 2000 and 2019 talking like that, and we're being allowed to. And that podium is like this uh, mystical place, and. You know, what's interesting, and, and I'll be curious because, Gary, you were there and Adam, you know, you weren't. I'm surprised people didn't ask to take pictures on the set. We didn't let them. But I think that's a really interesting – I think it'll be part of the VIP experience, which will be super exclusive this time. Like we're, we we learned a lot from the VIP experience, and we're, we're tweaking them a little bit for this next time because we want we want to have the fan experience. I, I think I asked a lot of people online, what do you like about it? What don't you? Because it was, it was very late for all of us. You know, I think a lot of people didn't get out of there until 1130 – and well, I, just, I felt bad for the guys yeah. that, yeah, they worked their ass off all day. It's 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 really it's really been um it's been really kind of fun, you know, to to interact. Like I walked the line and I was taking pictures for Billy the first night, and I like talking to people because I ask them what they think, and that's why, like, I sent Ari to interview everybody, and and you know, Gary wasn't lost on me the plug you tried to get in, and I, I you know, it <laughs> I gotta somewhere. try, man. It's existed in video, but you know, Kyle seemed to appreciate it. Well, I mean, you got it in the second sentence. Well, there were so many surprises. Just like the pod. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's great. Adam, that's why we're together. I, think, hey, but I, I do want to say, by the way, that that not asking to take photos thing, it's something that didn't even cross my mind. And I'll tell you why, because I think that that's not so much – it was more of a sense of awe from everybody that walked into that studio. People stood up in between stuff and got their photos next to the ring, like next to the apron there on the side that we were on. And people wanted that, but people were like going up all over the place to like try to take photos from up high or wherever they could to get the whole thing in. But I think I, I honestly think just people felt like it was this thing that was just untouchable. Like you don't walk over there. Yeah. Like uh, is Gary are... supposed to raise his hand and go, excuse me, Mr. Aldous, can I take a picture at the podium? Um, 
And I think people will want to have their picture. Like, I, I'm I sure was they would. I just don't think anybody thought it was cooth of well, the task. Well, you weren't allowed on the floor. You know, we had we had crack security there. Um, no, actually, I don't <laughs> think we had. Like, no, we we had. You know, we had people watching. We had we had plants in the crowd and listening to you, Gary. I've had a mic under your chair, by the way. I heard it all. Um, you didn't that need a mic under my chair, pal. <laughs> well, trust me, we know we heard you. But no, it um, you know, it was really kind of. I think it's really interesting how people have reacted to this whole thing, and I'm I'm very happy by all of it. So you know, I'm sitting here going, oh god, I got two shows to edit this week, you know, because I need to get ahead because I'm going out with Billy to do his solo tour because I don't have enough to do, you know. So we'll I'll be going out with Billy on his solo tour, and I think we'll actually be probably getting some NWA content on the road. Um, I'll be going to Thunder Rosa's fight, at Com- the Combatis America fight on the eighth. God bless her. Yes. I mean, w- wait till people see her, you know, like people are ready for her. Like that's I, I that was another thing I definitely wanted to bring up. I mean, Ricky Starks is an all star and that is a number one draft pick if I've ever seen it. But Thunder Rosa, I've been seeing somehow she fell into my social media a little while back and I have been tweeting about her and have mentioned her in NWA. And when you guys finally announced that she was going to be there, I was so excited. And seeing her, she lived up to every bit of what I wanted. Uh, Like she, every kick she threw, like everything she did was memorable. Like she, she is legit. You guys, between her and Ricky Starks, are all the people that want to say that the NWA has these, like they, they think, Whatever about Nick Aldis. Like, Nick Aldis is a good champion, and there's a good face of your company. And all you you pulled in some guys like Ken Anderson and Aaron, you know, Stevens. He's he's in there. And, uh, you know, Cole Cabana. Yeah, he's a good hand and blah, blah, blah. All all these people that will say these things. You guys also have some fresh new talent. And Ashley Vox is in there, too. You guys have some fresh new talent that nobody has seen that deserve a platform. Yeah, we have almost three buckets of talent. Anything that's done in buckets is great by me. But, you know, we have former WWE names. We have Aldis, Eli Drake, James Storm, a couple – I hate to say TNA names because, you know, they've, they've transcended it. By the way, it's funny. Well, but people do that, yeah. Well, and you're like, you you guys are just – you're just the next TNA. By the way, look at WWE's roster. Look at all the TNA people that I worked with in 2016 that WWE immediately picked up after we got them uh, heading in the right direction in 2016 with TNA. By the way, who cares? Like, who cares? Who cares if they were in WWE? If they're talented, let them be talented. And, like, didn't bring over Mahab Ali Shira. And I love Shira, but, like, you know, he does not fit our system. It's, by the way, look at this, like, the Patriots or, like, a sports organization, Moneyball. Billy and I talk about Moneyball all the time. You know, Molina, I've been personal friends with Molina for 15 years. You know, I helped start her with Eminem and, and SmackDown. And, you know, she stayed in contact. And she always had this desire to be a part of something that just felt different i called her and she's like well, i don't know i said just come so just come trust me and she was real nervous because she hadn't done anything since lucha underground on television and then, like her entrance and and like i think people were kind of surprised and like they haven't even seen anything yet you know like she really she really will stand out in a way that i think people aren't expecting and and by the way she'll she'll get even better and and like these talents at different levels, but yeah, we have new talents like Thunder Rosa, Ashley Vox, Ricky Starks. I'm gonna miss some like the Dawsons. The damn and, Dawsons, I think, yeah. is what I refer to them as constantly yeah, the, on Twitter. Yeah, the Dawsons are, are unique. And by the way, 
some people don't have to be in our universe 24 hours a day. Like, that's why there's no roster page. It was like, why are you going to have a roster page? Oh, okay. Tell me the last time you went to WWE.com to look at their roster page. Is that a legit thing you get? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that was a big reaction there. Uh, wait, why don't you have a roster page? I don't know. Like, oh, like, shut up. Like, like, <laughs> it just, like, we didn't have a website for a very long time. And by the way, we only have the website to basically do e-commerce. Like, I, I don't put a ton of information on the website because it's like, tell me the last time you went to the WWE website for anything. Nobody goes there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody goes there. They wouldn't have They're, it. But. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like a newspaper. It's, it's the newspaper of record for us. You know, it's a Google search thing. Like, our biggest traffic days when we announced the power show because that's where the I, – I wanted people to come because I wanted people to sign up for the email newsletter. I'm very happy with that. Like – you know, I see who everybody who opens emails and Adam, I'm not sure why you're not opening those emails, um, but um, I'm kidding. I, Jason Cowley is always the first one to open the emails, but I digress. He's, and he's going to be mad that I did this podcast and not his, just so you know. He's going to be real mad at you guys. Like, we're we're friends with Jason, I think. Eh, I mean, it's not what I heard. Um, OK, well, fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll settle it in the Punjabi prison that we're bringing back at the next movie. I'm kidding. Oh, God, I can't wait Scoops. to see that in the studio. The studio environment with a Punjabi prison. I'm kidding. No, but like every part of this, because I want to be able to, I want fans to be able to get the information where they want it, how they want it. So our, our Instagram, it's funny, is our Instagram kind of stalled when they changed the algorithm. But that's how I know we're growing again, because like we've added, looks like 2,000 people in the last three days. People like Aaron Stevens, you know, we're chopping the content up and putting it in multiple places because that's. That's how people live now. They don't simply watch one television show for two hours on a Monday night anymore. And we've tried and, and obviously because the shows are taped, it's not like I can be live every week and have to really kind of break news and all this stuff. Our, our cycle is thing. But this is proof of concept. And I, I studied a lot of real businesses and how they grew uh, and not wrestling companies. But like I studied like Uber and Airbnb. And if you ever want to be fascinated, the Airbnb story is really fascinating because it took that company started in 2008. And but it really I don't feel like it hit critical mass until like four years ago. Really, they, they tweaked it. And one of the things that they did was, you know, they were a San Francisco based company, but all of their apartments were in New York City. And how they learned what worked with their business was going to literally all of the hosts and asking them, what do you like about the service? What don't you? What do I ask for all the time? Feedback. I'm happy to talk to anybody that wants to have a logical discussion about anything. And Dave, doesn't doesn't that fall right into the micro content? Like if you're chopping up this stuff into micro content and distributing it across multiple platforms, aren't, aren't, aren't the people's comments and the likes telling you what's getting over and what's not getting over? Yeah. Well, like I knew I know we have work to do with Ricky Starks. By the way, the live event crowd told us when he walked out, it was like, okay, that's interesting. Didn't didn't phase him one iota. Like I did a video on him. Didn't do a bunch of views. Okay, we got to do work on him. Wasn't like we gave up. Even Eli Drake. Eli's been good on numbers, but his ten pounds did not do well. But it just didn't it didn't hit the, hit the right time. So you know, okay, there's work that has to be done. Uh, James Storm. People know James Storm. So okay, so his content does well. Great. You base on the numbers and the feedback and what people say and what they don't say. You mentioned on Solid Monsters podcast that even to this day, like James Storm, and I'm not to, trying to interrupt your flow here, but y you mentioned that 
even sometimes now you're not 100% sure that you're on the same page with you and Billy and James Storm. Like, what what is he not seeing about this? No, no, I think he sees it now. But, James, by the way, we're all individual businesses. So you get a lot of people that have a lot of thoughts on what the, what they they see and they don't see. So you just have to communicate with them. And, and James believes he is – James believes he should be world champion. I want that in him. I want a talent that wants to be world champion. I right. don't want someone who's going to go along to get along. I think that's the saying. Uh, Aldous says it all the time. Get along to go along. Get al- I don't know. But thankfully, I don't have to write words for people. <laughs> but, you know, I want people that want to be world champion. Eli Drake wants to be world champion. And what does that mean? He wants to show the world that he can be at the highest level. By the way, Nick Aldis was doing this same stuff in TNA back in 2014, <clears throat> I think, or 2013. And the problem was that place was a viper pit of politics. It makes Washington look like Sesame Street at times in wrestling. His run as TNA champion was not what he wanted. This has been, you know, he is setting a new standard in line with the historical aspect of it, but making it his own. And I think that's the really interesting thing. Everybody in the show reminds you of something, but it's not a copy. Like he's not Ric Flair. He's not Luthez. He's his own version. Tim Storm is not Ronnie Garvin. He's also not Dusty Rhodes, but there are touches of both. There's different things to different people. Camille, is she baby doll or is she China or is she her own version of it? And like, it's really unique to see these characters, their archetypes. And guess right. what? There are archetypes in life. There's the greater fool, you know, like there's there's really good storytelling if you do it right. And I'm a big obviously I, I love storytelling. and I've read every kind of from Save the Cat to, you know, the modern myths and all this stuff, because this is all part of the process of, of creating. I, this is not a wrestling show. It's not. Yes, it is about pro wrestling and, it's, and the National Wrestling Alliance. This is this is content made to feel something. If you don't watch those Tim Storm packages and just kind of well up a little bit as he picks his grandson up, you're dead inside. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, watching the watching the the recap of last week when during the intro and Tim is just in the ring and you can just see it in his eyes. I I cried a little bit, folks. I really did. I I think I I mentioned in the press conference. Uh, after press conference interviews to to Nick Aldis, I was like, oh, it must be a day off when you've got to act like a heel around Tim Storm. Like, what do you have to do? The guy is the most likable person in the world. The part of the charm of Tim, uh, there's a little bit of Woody from Cheers in Tim. Just a little bit, not a ton. <laughs> like, he quotes Eminem, gets it wrong. You're just rooting for him to just to get through it. And like, no, Tim, that's not the quote, but we still love you. If that was anybody else... They would have heckled the crap out of him. There was a, one of the tweets I put up. It made me laugh. Tim Storm's like the father you don't want to disappoint. And, you know, Tim Tim trusted me, and it, it was me. Like, I went down and, and, and sat with Tim and did those interviews, and I brought it back, and I showed Billy, and he's like, wow. Tim opened himself up in a way that he had never. He played a character. He played the perfect storm, Tim Storm. I'm like, what is that? What is that? What is the perfect storm? Like, like what is it? He couldn't explain it to me. I said, I don't know what it is. If you can't explain it to me, how can an audience ever understand it? But everybody understands dad, granddad, the guy that just what that wants one more shot. And the Tim Storm story, it's our soul. And, you know, I hate that we had a kind of I always wanted our first episode of TV to be exactly what it was. The Tim Storm, Nick Aldis thing was always even back to when we met with Turner in 2017. We did the title switch because I knew how we were going to start the Turner show. That was the plan all the way back. So. I didn't want to buy Tim deserved that spotlight. That story deserved that spotlight. And for new viewers, 
literally, we waited almost two you know, about a year, 18 months for that because he deserved it. Because if we without Tim Storm opening up to us, we never would have found this. And, you know, Dave, I think one of the best things about that story, man, is like that was his mountaintop. There's so many people out there that don't even reach their mountaintop. So to see him do it was just fantastic. And, you know, I, I got to ask, man, does Tim Storm have a place in the NWA forever? Well, all right. That is a no. Gary, you there? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what just happened? That's, that's the hardest no I've ever received in my life. We got to keep like, all of this in, by the way. Sorry, guys. We got to keep <laughs> all that in. <laughs> I just, Adam, I, I'm tired of Adam Rotella's questioning. Yeah, he has <laughs> the most dramatic question in the world. And then you're <laughs> odd. I, like, I, am, I am Nick Aldis, and you are Joe Galli. Are we done here, Adam? Hit, hit, hit into the fire. Sorry, I, I I hit my lock screen on my phone, and for some reason it just it hung up. So I was trying to see what time it was, because again, as always, Adam Rotella is dominating. You gotta my beat day. Dave. It's not like you got other stuff going I on. I gotta eat. I have. I don't eat anymore. So no, that's fine. Send me kidding. a cheeseburger. I should have asked you if there was like a hard out for this at, ahead of that's time. What she, that's what she said. Yeah. Um, Whoa. There it is. But anyway, no, uh, Adam, ask your question. Okay, I, I, I gotta I gotta ask Dave, is there a place in the NWA for Tim Storm for life? Yes, I've said that multiple times. Tim Storm, as long as Tim wants to be here, there will be a role. I think Tim is a great ambassador. I think he would make a great commentator. I think he would be a good monkey wrangler. No, Tim is Tim believed in us when I've told the story multiple times. A somebody offered Tim. Five figures, screw Billy and I over because they wanted they had promised the title to some some guy that I'd never heard of. And he said, no, I'm with you guys. I believe in you. You know, he, I, had a, I had a long conversation with him and uh, I told Tim, I said, I'm not paying you that. I said, if you want to, I said, you're holding a piece of property. And, and he was a man said, nope, I got you. And from that, I had Tim from that day. Now, I, I don't overwork Tim because. I mean, he's he's in his 50s and I, he's special. And Tim is a very special person, not only just as far as, you know, who he is as a as a as a human, but as a talent. And I think the way the audience reacted, I mean, the amount of interest was as much him as it was Nick, because anybody that had kind of checked us out early, they fell in love with him. I hated we had to wait. But I knew that I knew that story would work and would really resonate because Tim represented Tim was the was the guy from the previous world. He was the right guy because he understood how to do business. Everybody else from that previous uh, time period all wanted six-figure salaries and wanted guaranteed jobs without having to prove themselves or even – like the first three months that Billy and I were managing these affiliates, it was carny land out the yin-yang. But you have that footage too, don't you? Isn't there a yeah, chance we might see that in the in the uh, future? Nah. Maybe it's I mean, I, I mean, I have phone calls that I recorded with some of these idiots and like it's just like, what are you doing? Like one guy. Well, if I'm going to put Tim over, I want a guaranteed contract. No, but no. What, what kind of what kind of person negotiate? Like it was all like it was the most carniest of carniest tricks. And people wonder why. And this is why fans walk away from the business, because you guys aren't dollar signs. Like I don't look at you and go dollar signs, meaning like, OK. Your energy is as much thing. 
Do I hope you'll buy tickets? Yes. I think you do. I hope you buy a T-shirt. Yes. But I'm not going to try and work you into buying a T-shirt. It's just like it's this weird mindset, probably because I understand it's survival. But there's a, don't step over five dollars chasing nickels. And like, like in the long run, if you just kind of pay attention to something, it'll work. And and I think we've had again. Are we the WWE? No. Are we are we AW? No. Are we TNA? God no. You know, we want to be something that is. I don't think TNA TNA doesn't even exist anymore. I know it's impacted, but we're we're, we we want to be something new but old, familiar but exciting, and authentic. And that's why I don't mind. Like I don't. You said I can edit anything out. I would edit out Adam Rotella's question that I didn't hear. But other than that, I don't. It's all about Tim Storm constantly. I work for a. uh, (laughs) I work for a very strong personality maverick who believes in what we're doing and billy and i's disagreements are never about the process or what we're doing there's small little disagreements on like good creative discussions what do you and billy disagree about mostly food because he's a he's a vegan and gluten-free um he he just wants to be able to do what he's always wanted and my job is to facilitate his vision the best way i can now, he's not sitting here in my palatial office as I make every edit go, ooh, don't cut there. The things he told Talon, he told me, just get it done. Like, I'll do a cut on the cold open. He had two edits on the end of the cold open. And it's very simple. Like, I had Nick putting Tim over at the end in, 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 the, in the cold open. He says, I don't think you need it. I said, let me try it without it and see if you're right. And he was right. It wasn't needed because we had told Tim's story, and that moment was about Galley. You know, here's this great moment, and this is where we get to a meta level with the show. And and Joe's a reporter, so he understands. And by the way, the job of a reporter is to ask hard questions. And he's like, just get right to it. And so that's why the music changes, and it's the hard. Camille, how are you feeling? And Nick's like, uh, this is about Tim and I. What does Camille have to do with any of this? Now, you as an audience member can choose either side of the story going, well, what's he got to hide? Or are you with Nick going, yeah, that doesn't involve her. So it's really interesting, you know, and I think that's. That's where we not even disagree, discuss. He's like, I don't think you need to cover the story there. Okay, cool. No problem. Fixed. Next. At TNA and other places, we once spent four hours. It wasn't me debating this, but but somebody involved in our process with Matt Conway and I debated a finish of a bromance tag match for four hours. And I was like, what are we doing? Just make a decision. It's it's a bromance tag match. Why are we broke for lunch. We came back and spent two more hours, and we're just like, what is happening? So, you know, you're just making quick decisions and, and have a discussion, but don't belabor it is, I think, the best part of our process. One, one of the small things I've seen from just, like, digging into this business already is just there are a lot of people that are going to constantly tell you, like, what you can't do. Ah, well, that won't work, or this won't work. But you guys seem open for business to just whatever. You guys seem to, like, just you, – you, it doesn't exist with you guys. You guys seem like you question every aspect of that is that is that accurate like you you seem like you're you're willing to try whatever if i would have told everybody has questioned what the hell we've been doing since day one wait why did billy buy like you know i i like david bixon's fan i have no i have no issue with david bixon's fan he he wrote the article billy corgan buys wrestling oldest and deadest brand to do what he pleases and that was literally the first piece of news about billy and the purchase 
I don't think Bix even reached out for a comment. He just wrote the story, whatever, which is fine. It, but that's why that was there. And then the Voices of Wrestling guys, you know, the, the two news headlines, and that's Nick Aldis's line, from a punchline to a headline. And everybody has kind of questioned, wait, it's just a YouTube show? It's just a documentary? It's it, like we try everything. One, it was a lot more cost effective at the beginning to do the 10-pound series because it literally cost me and Nick or me and Tim. And this goes back to an idea I had for Adam Pierce in 2010 when he was the NWA champion. I wanted to see, because it's fascinating to me, like the, the, the NWA title is, is magical. If you guys held it, like there's the belt is, I hate to say over. It, it is truly this thing that has this power. And I was at the Crockett Cup, like the VIP the first night, and Nick was like, you want to hold it? And I was like, it feels like I'm holding somebody's baby. I don't, yes. don't want to drop this. <laughs> Nick, Nick understands the power of it. When people book him for signs, they're like, he's going he's gonna to bring the belt, right? Yeah, he's going to bring the belt. The belt's coming. You know, the belt's not, well, it is extra technically, but, you know, it's, it's important, and it's like, I wanted this to focus everything on on that because that's what we we bought a logo and a title. That's all we bought. We literally last year bought a logo and a title or two years ago. That's all we bought. There was no footage. You know, we have a license on the Houston library. So that was all right. I said, Billy, let's let's just try this documentary thing. And literally the only it was to get us to the Tim Storm and Nick match. And then we'd see where we were. And then that people like when I'm trying to remember how people tune in live. I think it was like 3,000 people maybe, or maybe it was 1,900. I don't even really remember. But I know a lot of people tuned in, and we were kind of blown away at the interest in Tim Storm and Magnus, like a guy they'd never heard of, and the guy from TNA, because we had built it up with 10 pounds. So it was okay. We followed the energy. Off the success of that's when we got called from from Turner to, to talk about doing a show for the, for the Bleach Report Live. Okay, then we pivoted again, and then All In happened. I think because we're open to exploring ideas and not set in a box of, well, you got to book the territory this way, buddy. We never looked at it that way, that it was that type of, well, you ha- well, it's always been done this way. By the way, if I would have told you we're going to have a, a television show where there's no entrance music, there will only be fans on one side of the ring, and it's gonna, we're going to shoot nine weeks, and, and it, we're gonna, it's going to be kind of the vibe of the 80s, people will go, what's wrong with you guys? And I would say everything. But, you know, it's it's really kind of been a really unique process. And we never say no. We say, what if? If you knew some of the names I've pitched for commercials, you would think I'm out of my freaking mind. No, well, I, I think that's that. Obviously, the commercials are one of the hottest parts of the show. I think. Yeah. What, what are some of them? I mean, some of this mindset is that <laughs> outlaw mindset. It's that rock star mindset that is the vibe of the NWA. What are some of the names that 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 we would uh, that people would roll their eyes about? Monkey and scoops. Oh, no. I love it. Put monkey in a commercial. I love it. No, I mean, Adam Rotella's mustache comb would be a hell of a... Uh, uh, quick... <laughs> I'll have it well, done actually, tomorrow, it's, sir. It's Adam, I think it'd be Adam Rotella... By the way, I'm cooking because I'm hungry, but I'll, I'll keep going. But um, Adam Rotella's fast-growing mustache, like Chia Pet thing, like literally watch Adam shave and then instantly he puts the, the cream on and he gets the mustache to grow back would be a hell of a product. I love it. The good part about the commercials, I think people go, is that real or is it fake? And I think it, it, it's fully in line with what this show is. I think there's plenty of pro wrestling on television. There's two shows going on right now as we're on. And there's wall-to-wall wrestling. And I can't compete with it. I don't want to compete with it. If, if, by the way, if everybody was doing this show, guess what we wouldn't be doing? We'd be doing something else. I think you just have to be different in the market. I think it's not to be life. 
I learned that a long time ago. Why why not TNA, by the way? Why not TNA what? Well, because at the press conference, Billy said, we're, we're open for business with everybody. We're not going to work with TNA. He said something about that. Now, when I had all this on the podcast before, he, he talked a little about TNA, but he mentioned that everything I'm saying is in context. Like, it's not the same thing as TNA now. Like, that's a totally different company. Like, it's totally different people. It, it, the best way to describe it, I'm not going to... Uh, in doing business with people, you find out what kind of business they want to do. Okay. And, you know, and, th- and that's it. And it's it's just, we just, we're not interested because we've done the dance with them. And it's You just, did the empty arena match with yeah. Storm and Josephus. Yes, we did. And that was, there was, there was a strategic business reason why we did that then. And it, that went perfectly fine. They were nothing but professional. There was, there was just, there was some stuff that happened that is not for public consumption. And it's just, we're just not interested because they, they, it's just us here. No, they did. They didn't seem interested in doing good business, and it, it's it's a very give and take. By the way, Cody Rose knows how to do great business. Joe Coff knows how to do great business. That they're open to ideas, and you know, it's it's like, listen, guys, you see that twenty dollar bill? What if I give you five dollars for it? That's that's how some people do business, and you're just like, uh, no, I understand the difference between five dollars and twenty dollars. It, it's it's all fine. That, that that's fine. I just I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Billy's not. It didn't work out for us. And okay. by the way, that's okay. You don't have to be friends with everybody. You don't have to do business with everybody. I know that it upsets the TNA fans. I just I don't know what we would do. Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one more thing, and then we can let you go so you can. That's, eat. This is the fourth one more thing. I love it, Gary. I love it. Well, this is this is my job, right? Gary's, by, by Gary, way, Gary's is, a real newsman, as the uh, president <laughs> said. By, by the way, this is why I knew you and Rotella would. Uh, would get along so well. Well, I, I just want to ask something personally about you. Like, what do you? No what place. do you? No. Well, I, I, this is this Adam, is kind of for right, me. Gary, I've met your wife. It's not going to work. <laughs> Wait, what is? I don't. I don't even know what that means. My I wife's mean, lovely. Your wife is lovely. She's a lovely woman. No, it's just that. Well, well, here's the thing. My this is a perfect segue. My wife is a very driven woman. Like she does her own thing. She's got two degrees. She's working on her master's for the second degree. Like she's a totally different person from me. So we could ask all day, like, why? The thing is, is like you sound like you've been in the wrestling business for like 19 years, you said. And what what is it that that besides Gary V videos, like where where did you go from? You just some at some point drove yourself into Hollywood and wrote for TV shows and you keep going and plugging away and that no matter what you've still continued on. And here you are plugging away again for some brand that everybody thought was dead. And now you're working to make it back. What, what What's the difference in somebody like that? What, what is it that keeps you going? Uh, I grew up watching television. I grew up watching wrestling. And when I was 10 years old, I wanted one job and I got it. And it just, it was always about, okay, I like this thing on television this, this wrestling show on television. And um, it, to me, was always like, how did, like, I never wanted to be a wrestler. And obviously, you both met me, and uh, the three of us would make the worst free birds ever, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, like, I have, the, I have the athletic ability of, what, what did Cornette say? He looks like a baked potato with, uh, or a potato with arms and legs. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I, I have less Trevor. athletic ability than, than Trevor. By the way, Trevor is an amazing athlete. I was I was happy to see him. He looks different than everybody else, and that's perfect. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. So, like for me, what drives me is like reactions. Just seeing the wrestling days as a guy's reaction. He's very passionate about 
like when I when I saw how passionate he was about this first show, and I never saw I literally never saw the guy before. I literally searched NWA Power on YouTube to see what was there, and seeing his joy, the fact that we could do something that would excite him and like honor that, like to me, I was I was a fan, and that intimate process of action and reaction. Something happens in the show and you react. It's it's actually like I'd say an honor. It's it's really the coolest part. The fact that I can say to somebody, "Hey, try it like this." They can go out and do it and get instant reaction as opposed to, you know, why I didn't like Hollywood because I would write a screenplay for 3 months. I send it to somebody, they'd read half of it and then never hear from them again. That is frustrating. That's why Hollywood is dying because there are these systems in place, these politics it's our show is 100% democratic. If somebody doesn't like anything or if, if in the middle of the live stream when James Storm comes out, if everybody tuned out, then I'd say, James, James, literally 7000 people stopped watching at that moment. And that's the great part of YouTube because TV Nielsen ratings, they're bull. They're bull crap. There's so there's this weird sample that literally determines the fate of these people. And by the way, it's 2019. I can call a car and get it here in a minute. But yet I can't get proper television ratings because like nobody's figured out the system. YouTube is 100% democratic. It's how I know 84% of our audience is 18 to 44 because they have built out this system that works and gives you data. So for me, like I love anything that allows that kind of creativity and instant feedback. The fact that anywhere in the world now, by the way, a television network, so, okay, you have to have a TV to watch it, or you watch it on your phone. But guess what? It's the same as YouTube. So what, what's the difference? The fact is it's, it's the availability and the fact that these fans are finding the show because of YouTube. Because it's being, because 22%, I think it was as high as 37% of the first episode was discovered because of people that watched AEW Dark. That YouTube went, huh, here's a one-hour wrestling show. Huh, here's another one-hour wrestling show. If they like this, they most likely will like that. And so that like that to me is why what drives me every day is because everyone said they're what are they doing? It wasn't even they can't. They didn't even give us the they can't. It was mm-hmm. what are these idiots doing? And you know, because Billy and I are not in the political system. You know, Billy is a very, very famous guy and made a lot of money. And people discount that. They think he just has money, but how the hell do you think he got it? Because he's a smart businessman, and everyone just treated him like some guy that had money and, and didn't know how he got it. There are plenty of rich people who have money who have no idea how they got it. Billy knows where every dollar of his came from because he worked for it. And same with me. I just have a few less of them. I have a few less, too, than both of you. It's okay. So this is fair okay. enough. So, Gary, you're, you're coming to Atlanta, right? Yes. I sure? will. No, no, no. I will definitely – be in Atlanta. I'm having to convince the wife on the VIP deal. Well, uh, I, I just come. You know, I the VIP. By the way, the, the, there's only a limited number of VIP. You may not even get it, but hope you're there. Adam, are you coming? No, sir. Yes, you are. You're coming. Thank you, Dave. So, we'll see you there. Thank you, Dave. That's awesome, man. Is Greyhound okay? <laughs> great. great, dude. Greyhound's great. I I, I love the bus. Train is great. I don't think there's a train that runs. I'll get you there. Don't you worry about it. Thank you, Mr. Legato. Legato, you're the best. We we could we could save this discussion for after the show. Legato, you have been more than generous with your time, and thank you so much for appearing on our humble podcast where we talk about the National Wrestling Alliance. 
Adam, you have anything you want to add with uh, BP before we let, let him make his exit? And... I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up like I'm watching Tim Storm lose right now, man. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to be a part of this. All right. Well, <laughs> let, let, let the record show I've made Adam Mortella cry. NWA Power is every Tuesday, 6.05. If you're not already involved, you might as well start getting involved. This is a real community where we want you to be there, and we love watching it live. So if you can make it happen, Adam and I have already made the arrangements in our personal and professional lives that starting next week, we will be live every single Tuesday after the show. We're going to be the unofficial after show are you going to be live on on youtube that is correct right yeah we're going to be there and we're going to be talking about it so we want all of you to join us after you watch nwa power dave uh, tell tell everybody real quick just in case they don't know for some weird reason where you're at on the uh, social medias so my home address is one (laughs) four um no adam's already been there he's been in the books many times uh no it's it's at lagana which by the way, I've had Lagana was my AOL email address in 1994. I've been lucky to have it on many social media platforms, and uh, that's the best way. And it's at NWA everywhere else. All right, perfect. And I am uh, well now. <laughs> we didn't even get into this, but I am now at this is Gary Horn. That's that's my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a sink or something. <laughs> Content is content, Gary. I love it. I love every bit of Why this. Why don't you get Gary on the horn? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's, I think you should change it. Well, it's longer, and so That's I more succeed. Yeah, nobody's ever said that about me, Dave. No, your wife told us. <laughs> she tweeted it. Oh my God, which which parts of this are going to end up on the podcast? I don't know. And Adam, Adam. Now I'm I'm at this is Rotella. All right, so you join us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else that you can find all this stuff. Thank you so much for everybody for participating. I'm gonna end this call so I can uh, just talk to talk to these guys alone for a moment. If you don't really, yeah.